Beware, this podcast contains mature language, situations of sadomasochistic horror, gore, sharp dangerous barbed objects, marital discourse, and a delicately designed puzzle box circa the 1600s. Our listeners have been warned and advised. Episode 14. What's your pleasure, Mr. Cotton? Hello and welcome to another episode of the Spark and Movie Review. I'm your host, Zahn, and with me today are two very special guests from the last episode. You remember them both. Hello, I'm Belchan. Hey, Belchan, how are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. And for her third appearance... It's Hope. I'm back. Yes, after that very interesting and unique Silent yes. Hill episode. Yes, it was an experience. Yeah, well, we're well. You're back. And things are good. Hopefully, I'm back unscathed. So. <laughs> yes, that that horrible, horrible. Well, you guys hated it. I liked it. I liked Silent Hill. I enjoyed it a lot. Well, I, like I said, after you explained the ending to me, I understood it to a degree. So, <laughs> oh well, oh well. Well, it's a little different. This, especially today, because this is our second entry in our month of horror. Yes, we followed every other tradition, and we decided to do a Halloween month for October. Yeah, awesome. We should be very Halloween. depressed. <laughs> <laughs> so We're following the trend of people. <laughs> hey, we got to catch up on some horror movies that we weren't able to see. Oh, this yes. True. Yes, and there's some good ones, some bad ones. It's like everything. And of course, with our ever-reliable, ever-faithful... Dodecahedron of movies. We are able to decide what we can review. But first, we should, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Sparkin is the site that provides information and reviews about, well, determines on what you're listening to. This is the movie review, so obviously we talk about... Movies. Yes. And our parent show, the Sparkin Manga Review, we talk about... Manga. Yes, all the different types of manga, from things like Rikio to Boys B to Wallflower and even... Um, Sailor Moon, Lucky Star. Yes, and several others. <laughs> but this is the movie review, so you can do. You hear us talk about movies and what we like about what we don't like. You don't have to agree with anything we say, but I've heard we're a little bit entertaining. You can mm-hmm. find us at our website, which www.sparkin.com. Yes, <laughs> www.sparkin.com. You can email us at uh, sparkin at gmail.com or zanetsparkin.com. Belchan.sparkin at gmail.com, hope.sparkin at gmail.com, or you can leave us a voicemail at 206 350 8462. That again is 206 350 8462. Just please speak clearly. Last person sounded like he was talking through a tin can. It was. <laughs> yeah, a little bit different. A little bit unusual. Oh, wow. Well. Maybe he was talking through a tin can. Maybe he was. I wish you could do that. Did you, when you were kids, did you ever try doing that? 
using the tin can with the string? Mm, more like cups and yarn. Does it work? I've never got it to work. I don't know. I think it works if you use the actual aluminum cans, and uh, there's a trick to it, but ah. not just regular string. Mm. So there, so it's so no kid can do it. Aha. Uh-huh. It's all some. It's all part of science. Science. <laughs> we should have done weird science. Weird science. That. We can watch that. That would be a fun episode sometime. Well, it is on the list for the Dodecahedron of movies, which I know we've spoke about twice, and we'll get to at the end of the episode. <laughs> so, yes, we should get on with what we're speaking about, shouldn't we? Or should we just babble about random things like how cider donuts taste or how unusual this guy has been lately? It looks like a perfect Halloween day. Yeah, it does look like a good Halloween day. It's spooky. It's gray. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's gray and drab. And the uh, leaves, at least, are still kind of green. They're not orangey yet. Oh, I've seen lots of pretty colors. It's nice out there. Yeah, and I'm still surprised, because this is October. And we're supposed to have, every year since I've been born, which is a long time ago for most of you listeners, you probably weren't even a twinkle in your parents' eyes when I was born, or when any of us were born. <laughs> mm-hmm. But Way to date us, thanks. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't worry about it. We're... I'm so old. Hey, again, I'll bring up the point. Gooberzilla at Grace Movie Era Podcast, he is older than all of us combined. Oh, we're not that old. And he still lives with his mom, who is his co-host. That's nice. You're still cool, Goob, but, you know, just the fact that we just found you, like, over 40, that's kind of... Whoa. <laughs> you don't know the situation. I'm sure he has his reasons. Of course, of course. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, but anyway, my point was that... I looked at the calendar for this month because I wanted to see when I get an extra hour of sleep. Ah, uh, yes. It's not this month. No, it's in November now. No. You can thank government for that. December. Well, are you sure? No. Are you sure that's accurate? No. Last, this, no, last year it was November 1st. This one's December, the first week of December. Oh, man. I think you should still check the source. I think we should check. Fine, we will look right now, according to the infamous interwebs. If it ever loads up, and suddenly the rates slow down to nothing. Okay, what the hell is it called? It's called Daylight Savings? Daylight Savings Time 2010. Because I do know your sources sometimes on tend to skew the information. (laughs) <laughs> okay. Well, like with all the Harry Potter movies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, you have to look if this is a legitimate source or is someone who... Adult.com. Or... About.com. I thought it was adult.com. No. Or Wikipedia. It looks like, okay, here it says, okay, right. according to this trend... What's happening is October, 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 November, 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 November. You're right. So I'm wrong. So Uh, well, actually, that means the calendar my job is wrong. Hmm. That's not good. That's really not good because it's a a government job. Yes, I work for the government. No, I don't work for the feds. I work a menial job with nothing. But the fact is, I was bonded when I was hired, which means that if anything goes wrong, I go to jail. (laughs) But it pays pretty well. Okay, so we. (laughs) <laughs> no, no, no. Cameras and all this other stuff. It's not worth it. It's really not worth it, dude. my job. I mean, your job's fun. You didn't have to be bonded when you got hired. Yeah, they take fingerprints. Really? Yeah, I think any job, health, any any job, you have to, you have to take, take fingerprints. Except if, uh, any job where you have to work, like, health or anything. Um, well, I think, he, well, what's his name? He just, you know, he just was like, you have a job. Yeah, Start working. He went based on a recommendation. I had a job for almost three years. Yes, and well, we hope he, his job burns down slowly. No, we don't wish nothing on the place. So I had to put away the voodoo doll? <laughs> no, But it's all shiny and, and, uh, and, and, and good, and no. it's made of wicker. Just like the one in the Wicker Man. Oh. Uh, oh, the Wicker Man. That's something we were never going to touch just because of my hatred of what's his name. Nicholas Cage? Yes. So what if I don't like Nicholas Cage? I can't believe I remember. Uh, Nicholas Cage. Stab in the dark right there. Uh, well, anyway, <laughs> enough of the cage and of all these random things. Let's get into the movie because you guys are probably wondering what the fuck we're going to be reviewing today. And judging by the very unusual opening, I don't know if you guys are going to know it or not. Because some of you, this movie, well, it came out. 
when did when did it come out? It came out in nineteen eighty seven. Eighty seven. Holy, sh- that was. <laughs> I was three. Uh, we were six. Six, yeah. Oh, that's a long time ago. Twenty three years ago. Holy shit. <laughs> I don't remember anything about 1987. I think. Do I. I remember 1987 like it was yesterday. Oh, we're so old. <laughs> Where's the prunes? No, seriously, okay. And this was a movie which was written and directed by one of the most popular horror writers of our current age, Clive Barker. And he's a guy who made such films as Candyman, Nightbreed... This series, because there's multiple in this one, Lord of Illusion. He's also written several books. His last book was his book called Mr. Be Gone. And the book opens up with the line, burn this book. It's the book is talking to the reader. It says that there's a demon inside the book, and if you burn the book, the demon will be released. Interesting. Yeah. No, it's, it talks to you, and it's supposedly really funny, but really fucked up at the same time. He's a very twisted writer. A lot like this movie we're Yeah, that would would explain a lot. (laughs) It's produced by Christopher Figgs, starring... Andrew Robinson, who... I don't know what he's done since this movie. I mean, this movie... I mean, half the movie, you only saw him, well, as... Nothing's wrong, everything's perfectly fine. What did you you call him? Uh, I don't remember what I called him. No, 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 no. No, that's... Now, next we had Claire Higgins, who, supreme bitch of the movie. I mean, you saw she was a bitch to begin with. Oh, with her British accent. Yeah, well, look at her. You can tell she was a total bitch. Mm-hmm. Then Ashley Laura, Loris, 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 whatever the fuck. Ashley Laurel, was it? Laurel, whatever. Mm-hmm. She, she looks the same as she did back then, and she's a good actress. She was on Hercules. I think I remember seeing her in Hercules, actually. Yeah. And then some guy named Oliver... Well, he's useless. He doesn't have a real thing. You called him the howdy-duty-looking motherfucker. That is him. No, I said the howdy-duty... Yeah! (laughs) Howdy-duty-looking motherfella. Exactly. (laughs) Tongue twister. Uh, Say that four times fast. If you you call it and you record it and send it to our voicemail, we'll give you a shout-out. And... What was it? Of course, this movie is the first in a series of seven based on the novel by Clyde Bark, Hellbound Heart, and that is... Hellraiser. Yes. So, first off, before you enter what movies, this is the first time you've seen it. Yes. And you've only seen this recently. I have seen it about a year ago. Yes. And what do you think about the movie, the impressions of the film? I thought it was very good. I mean, even now, as, I mean, for 1987, you know, they didn't have the advantages of, like, CG and everything. Everything was very well done. Just the makeup and everything, there was a lot of thought went into it. It was just very, really well done. Nothing looked fake. I mean, some things, yeah, but... I mean, I, I don't really want to spoil it. I know our 10-year rule, I mean, we can spoil the heck out of this, but... You know, I... Mm. I kind of well, really we'll, want to we'll save spoil, some Well, we'll spoil it well, later on. In a little, little bit, bit in, in doses. Yep. But, uh, well, I really liked it. Um, it was gory... Just everything looked very realistic. I, I like that it wasn't CG, so they had a lot of artistic design to it. The, yeah, the practical, um, the practical um, special effects were really well done, especially during some of the scenes where it wouldn't have worked in CG because it looked just more um, icky. Yeah, really gross. I mean, I was shutting my eyes. Like I've seen it. This is my the next the second time I've seen it after a year. And I was still shy. I couldn't, like, watch some of the parts because it was so gross. But you're a horror aficionado. You like horror. I like horror, but it's scary. Sometimes there are movies you just can't take. Well, me, I don't like horror movies that much. But this is a movie I actually like because it's an interesting premise. I love the design of the characters. And I like just the story in general. And it is kind of... But I like that it's kind of intriguing. Because the villains aren't really villains. They're more like order agents of order, really. I mean, they're demons, but they're... Well, they're not really. We'll, we'll, we'll get into that in a bit. So... More of the villains are the actual characters. Yeah, that's the thing. So... Uh, movie opens up in Egypt, we can assume. And a guy, this weird oriental guy, is saying, What is your pleasure? 
And a guy gives a bunch of money. What was that? It was all paper clipped or was it wrapped? The bills. Well, it was rubber band, huge stacks of 50s and 100s given to this guy for this because he wants this box. And this box, it's a wooden box that is shaped very intricately. It's a puzzle box, apparently. And it's, hmm, what was it? Glossy? Golden? It's a weird shape of it. It's designed very intricately, and it's a puzzle box. And it's about the size of maybe, uh... Five inches by five inches? Yeah. A little bigger than that? Well, maybe six inches by six. Yeah, it's a perfect cube, and it's one of those old music boxes. They used to make these back in the early aughts. Well, before the aughts. It was made in, like, the 1600s, and what you would do is that you fix the puzzle box, you open it up, and it would play music. It becomes a music box when you finish the puzzle. It's for children and whatnot. And so, we don't know what this guy wants. This guy's name is Frank. Frank Cotton. And he is, well... How would you describe Frank <laughs> before? Just kind of out there and just, I don't know. His hands are really dirty. I think it all. I'm sorry, he had dirt <laughs> under his fingernails, fingernails and then the dealer's nails were even worse. But <laughs> They're in he's Egypt. Just, you can tell it's just like he's out there. He's obviously up to no good. He's, he's just. Creepy. Just uncommon pleasures. Yeah, so... Maybe it's more common than we think it is, but... <laughs> it's like he's searching the world for... These, yeah, like what you said, animalistic desires. He's a freak. Yeah, he's a freak. Basically, in a nutshell. <laughs> he's a freak. <laughs> to quote an old friend of mine, it's, if there's a hole, he'll put it there. Well, and he's looking... <laughs> yeah, he's just looking for something different. Pleasure, and so... You see him... He opens up, he goes to his house, which we are debating about where the fuck he is. Is, is it England? Is it New York? Is it... Uh, yeah. Because he did say to the wife, you know, you're back on your own turf. Because she was like, this is better than Brooklyn. Mm, true. Yeah, true. Says, yeah, and all, all the people with the English accents makes you think, you think it is in England. True, and there's a lot of American accents, so... We don't know. It's somewhere. There's one guy who had a, a Yankees cap on. We don't know. We'll just assume it is in a place which no longer exists. The original story, The Hellborn Heart, took place in England because Clive Barker's from England. So we'll assume it's in a place which doesn't exist. Which makes sense because it's in a movie! <laughs> and so, we have the movie, the setting set. He's in his house in his, you know, attic? In a really gross room. It looks like he pissed everywhere and probably shit and did other things. Maggots. in this. Lots of nice things, huh? Yeah. And so he opens the box. And then, out of the box comes sharp, pointy things. A bunch of chains come out with barbs on them and proceed to adhere themselves to his body. And unlike with the CG movie, you see it actually dig into the skin and pull down and just... Rip them apart. Yep. And then, then we see... Like a second you hear him scream, and then shows the house like maybe a month later, a week later, we don't know. But you see the attic, which was originally empty, except him with a bunch of candles around him. And in this attic, you see a bunch of chains hanging from the ceiling, and two pillars, which are spinning around a circle with knives and spikes and other things on it. Spinning around, there's blood on it and, and body parts. And you see a figure in the background. Who's taking pieces, like picking through the the, yeah, and trying to form the face, which is really gross. And you see this individual. Now this individual is, you could say he's the villain of this of the entire series. You could say he's the hero of the series. We don't know. He's the character is the leader of the group, summoned from the box. Because should we just spoil what the box is now, or should we wait till later when they're introduced officially? Uh, I say let's leave them waiting. Yeah. Very true. But the individual, you see his vestige, you see what he looks like, and it's a little bit horrific. A little bit. Yeah. So, anyway. Yeah. anyway let's speed ahead a little bit. So, he picks up the box after he forms the face from the remains, uses the box, and then suddenly, poof! The house is clean! This house has been cleansed! <laughs> 
Nothing. Nowhere f- remains nothing. No blood, no nothing. And then we get into... The front door is opening. So we have no idea how long this has been. We'll assume maybe six months. Or actually with the maggots and things, uh, maybe less? I don't really know. There's no really time... Yeah, so from this point on, house opens up, and we're introduced to our two quote-unquote main characters. The husband, Larry, and his wife, Julia. It's Julia. And obviously you can tell that Julia is just this really kind of uptight British lady who, she's just... Obviously, it doesn't look happy in marriage. You know, we have the husband who's just so oblivious and just so optimistic about making, wanting to make everything in their life work. And, you know, it's just obviously you, see, you can tell it's something is up and just something is amiss in just every aspect. Oh uh, yes, and um, they're about to move back into this house. They see that the house is disarray. They know that his brother Frank. Uh, is, is squatting in this? Did you consider squatting? He was a squatter in the house. Yeah, a yeah. squatter in the house. So they think that he was here, but he he left and he's somewhere traveling the world or something. And so they they come back and they're in the process of moving back. And what happens is they're cleaning the house and remains. You see that his bed his bedroom, which was just literally a mattress. I'll say well. Trunk. You know, like it was like a cum-stained sheet on the yes. floor, and and a bunch of dirty pictures and whatnot. And you see that Julie's looking. Julia's looking through the pictures, and she's looking at all these very erotic and just not decadent, hedonistic images of him with different women and different people, and just like you said, he's if there's a hole, he'll fill it. Yeah, he'd do anything for it. And she finds one picture of him alone. And she, with a girl on the corner, it's a very nice picture of him. It doesn't look really bad, and she cuts off the end of it and keeps it for herself. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's revealed that bef- the week before she got married to Larry. She screwed around with Frank. It was kind of forceful on Frank's part at first, though. That's what it seemed like to me, but she just started to go with it. I think she went crazy from it and just became obsessed with um, Frank. Yeah, I would say so. So he's why their relationship didn't work, perhaps. Yeah, she fell under his spell. She fell under um, Frank's spell. That would get them confused. <laughs> no, so that makes sense. That's why the, the the marriage has been probably on the rocks because, in fact, she's been she has an unrequited love for Frank, and she settled with Mister Deputy. And she also feels a little guilty. I think somewhere in there, a shred of her felt some guilt just about the whole thing. Uh, yes, and so I think that um, also she's pro- this is just my opinion that she was bored and she she kind of saw Frank as uh, sort of a way to go against the grave. Like an outlet? Yeah, I think she was, she was bored with her life and so she saw him as a way to sort of uh, break out of it I guess. Yeah. And also the fact is that the thing we didn't mention is that she's the second wife to Larry. He has a daughter. Kirsty, which makes no sense. I think it was Christy, but it's Kirsty. Mm-hmm. Kirsty, who's like we said, was played by uh, Ashley Lawrence Lawrence Yeah, Lawrence. Ashley Lawrence. And she just is there for well, she decided to move there with her family, but she doesn't move in the house. She's like I came, it's my gesture, as I'm moving in the area, I found an apartment, and I'm going to look for a job. And the dad's like, no, 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 you can move in with us, it'll be all happy and good and biffy and we'll be all family-like. Yeah. Sure. No way. <laughs> yeah, she's very intent on staying where she, the place that she found. Yeah, I think it's just because she hates Julie. Julia. Yeah, she had animosity towards the mother because she thinks that she's this raging bitch I agree with you. She had so much hatred towards her. And it seems like every time she tried to reach out towards Julia, Julia was a bitch about it. Yeah. It's like, uh, Julia, where's the where's the towels? Uh, they're in the other room. Okay, and I was just wondering, and I had an apartment. You just see her looking at her with contempt. It's like, really? Really? <laughs> well, 
But that's not the fo- really the focus. Is the... Yeah. it's So what happens is, as they're moving in, Larry, through some really gross thing, ends up cutting his hand really bad. I'm surprised he doesn't have tetanus from that from that cut. It was pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Uh, he's, he got his hand off and he goes upstairs to the room where Julia is... Um... That's an eloquent way to put this. He was... Daydreaming. Intensely daydreaming. Uh, wild sex with Frank. Um, uh, yeah, daydreaming and, well, perhaps she was... It Was she pleasuring herself? We don't know. Mental masturbation, let's just put it that way. Yeah, and as... <laughs> she, so she's in the room where Frank disappeared, and he's in there, he walks in, and his hand is bleeding, and he's like, oh, fuck my hand, it hurts, it hurts, you know, like a little baby. I'd be crying too. I'd be like, <laughs> so blood is just dripping yeah, on everywhere. the floor. Yeah, looks like looks like he was stabbed or something. It's just dripping gashes of. Uh... And this, yeah, and this is where we see our first real big design, because as the blood lands on the floor, you see it suddenly sucks into the into the floorboards, and you see under the floorboards, there's a heart beating. It looks like at first it looks like a piece, of, like a paper bag. This one, and then you see that night, and you see out of the blood it starts forming this goo. And in a really cool scene with stop motion animation, you see it slowly forms into a body. The blood pops out. You see the bones show up and the skull forms. Yeah. Really gross. But I thought it was yeah. really cool about it is the way it kind of just like it didn't look human when it. Kind of the, the body sort of formed, formed out. It looked, it looked sort of like spider, like a big giant spider. Yeah. And then it reminded me of The Thing. Is it ready from, that, from the movie The Thing? Yeah, John Carpenter's The Thing. Yeah, it looked a lot like that because it had that spidery quality to it because the fingers are popping out and the neck is still kind of forming. Yeah, Very gross. cool. And once his body is formed, guess who's back? Frankie, baby. <laughs> yep. Frankie is back, and who stumbles upon him but... Julia. Yes. And surprisingly, she is much more calm than most regular people would be. Well, after her initial freakout, when he says who he is. <laughs> but still, I would have been like, get the fuck away from <laughs> But no, she ends up agreeing to help him, because he keeps saying, I need blood, I need this to help me, or else they're going to catch me, they're going to catch me. Help me, help me, Julia. It's Frank. You will do whatever I say. So she does decide to help him, and you're thinking, oh, she must have just lost her mind or something. Well, you see, at first, she's, like, coerced into it, because he kind of, like, threatened her, or and he kind of went to sympathies with her. Yeah. But then he's just kind of more controlling about it. And... You're probably wondering, how, the, how does he help whatever the hell it is at this point? He's kind of like, not a corpse, he's more like just, mm, we don't know. Skeleton with drippies. Yeah, skeleton <laughs> with drippies, that works. And so, Bright and clear drippies, anyway. She, yeah. she proceeds to go on a killing spree. Oh yeah, she gets all gussied up and heads out like a real lady. Throws <laughs> him into her trap. Yep, meanwhile, Larry has no idea what's going on. Oh honey, you could stay, you want to stay home, no problem. Would anyone expect that? Like a zombie in the in the, in the attic? <laughs> well, was he? Yeah, he was a. Um, I don't know, because the thing is, is he a zombie? He's living. Yeah, he's living dead. So, yeah. So as she kills each person, he uses their blood, like kind of puts his finger in them and like sucks out their blood in their stuff. And as he sucks it out, he starts forming, which I thought was really cool. Because the first time you see him, he's just like a skeleton with gooey stuff. Mm-hmm. Second time you see him. He has more of a... Tendons. Yeah, he's muscles. And then the third time you see him, he's all bloody. And then the fourth time, you don't really see him because, well, stuff happens. <laughs> Which will... So, besides all these other little things going on with the fact that Frank is reforming, Julia, uh, at first, she's all like, I don't want to do this, I don't want to do this. And then suddenly she's all like, I like killing people. Yay, hammer time. <laughs> smashy, smashy. And Kirsty is just kind of notices something weird is going on because there's this really creepy dude who's been following her around with the <laughs> <laughs> like the first time you see him he she's drunk 
rambling down the street, and he looks at her. Second time she sees him, she's in her new job, an illustrious, wonderful job, which <laughs> most of my friends who've worked there say it sucks. Pet Yes. And she sees Mr. <laughs> and he's eating crickets. <laughs> in the pet shop. He's not paying for them, he's just hands in there eating the critic. Good. Like it's a candy store. And everything's being given away for free. <laughs> yummy, yummy. And he disappears. And so she knows something was weird is going. She's having weird nightmares and things like that. And well, Frank reveals the truth of what happened. He escaped from hell by the blood. The blood will bring him back, and as long he has to get out of there as soon as he can. Once he's reformed, his body's back. He has to leave. He's going to take Julia, and they're going to disappear so that the Cenobites, which I call the Cinnamonimonimons, the Cenobites will catch him. Now, those were those were the people who we saw earlier. And so what happens is, from there on, he shows the puzzle box again. Larry tells Kirsty, look, something's up with your, your stepmother. She's kind of being, I don't think this marriage is working really well because she doesn't want to do anything. She wants to stay at home all the time. Could you just step in, check her out, make sure she's okay? Maybe she just needs a friend. Things will work out. Well, I'll be happy. You have to respect his optimism. Okay, so either way, what happens is that Kirsty discovers Frank, and Frank hits on her. Oh, yeah. ding 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 <laughs> ding Like you said, like he's gonna make a pass at anything that, that uh, comes his way. Well, she wasn't coming on his way. She was freaking out. He's like, it's Uncle Frank. It's all fine. <laughs> it's legal in every country. Like, He's like, oh, you're all grown now. Uh, a really perverted... Yeah, I've been like, you don't even have your plumbing. <laughs> you just... <laughs> I think she what, what punches him in the face and just uh, pushes away and screaming and runs out the house. And he pulls out a, his switchblade to kill her, and she immediately grabs the box as a weapon because there's nothing in the room, and he immediately starts freaking out like, put it down, give me the box, give the box. She says, um, you want the box? Go and get it. And she just throws it out the window and runs out the house. And then suddenly she magically appears with the box in the hand. It's like, <laughs> I'd been like this. He's the box. He's the box. You want the box. You want the box. You want the box. You want the box. Go on. Go on. Go on. You want the box. Get the box. That's what I thought she was going to do. I thought she was going to throw it to like the other corner of the room and make it run for it. But she threw it out the window. Eh, it was more ingenious than what was running through my mind. Mm, so, from, what is it? How, how does she get arrested? That I don't get. Why the heck do they pick her up? She gets arrested and ends up in an asylum, and they don't explain how. She just poof. I'm in an asylum. Well, she seemed to. She, she was walking. and She didn't seem to be entirely with it. I think. I don't know if it was from holding the box. If something was like happening to her, or, but it seemed like something had come over her. And yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. She she faints. I think she yeah. faints, and then a, a bunch of people are around her, and I think they take her to the hospital. Like probably. That's why she waits in the hospital because. Oh, so what, they think she's just a druggie or something? Like, Well, she did look disheveled and, you know, I think there was some blood on her t-shirt. Yeah. I mean, she looked disheveled and just not completely with it. Yeah. Just, so, she wakes up in the room and it's all kind of, what the hell? She, and they're like... She's like, can I call my father? You can call your father after we interrogate you and the police come. I don't even know how I got here. He's like, well, maybe you, you'll, if you fuck around with this box we found you yeah. with, you'll be fine. <laughs> maybe we can, get, we can get some answers out of you after you, we give you this, your box. Yeah, yeah, this box. Which, now officially we know what it is. The box is a device which will open doors into other places. By the way, you know what was really weird? When she was in the room, on the TV, there was this rose. I don't know if you, you noticed it. It was yeah. just, like, blossoming. And that, I just thought that was really eerie. Like, it was just that one thing in the, the background. Over and over yeah. and over again. And going in and out, snow, and it was all fuzzy. And... 
Yeah, it was creepy. And so we've discovered now the box, the lament configuration, or the merchant's box, however you want to put it, is a box which will open up to other worlds, specifically one world in particular, which we could assume is hell, or we don't know. And the gatekeepers are the Cenobites. They show up if you have the desire to see what's in the box, and their job is to take whoever opens the box with them. And because Kirsty, they kind of force it on her, she opens the box and they show up for Kirsty. And it wasn't her fault, she didn't buy the box, she just found the box and she just messed with it. But they don't take no for an answer. They... We have such sights to show you. It's time to play. No, wait, that was the second movie where it was time to play. But, um, there's... In, there's four Cinnabites that show up. The, each one doesn't have a real name, but they've been established names later on if you look at the figures. Uh, so, let's talk Well, some of them are... You have the first one, which is the Chitterer. The Chitterer one. He's got... Uh, chatterbox? Yeah, the Chatterbox one. How would you describe him, really? Creepy and energetic. I mean, kind of just keeps going with his mouth. Yeah, he's got no lips. It's just like his mouth is open. You just see his teeth, and he's just like... Like he can't talk. <laughs> really creepy. The next one is the Butterball. He's a fat one, wearing sunglasses. <laughs> like really fat. Like looks like a worm. Yeah, he's to me too. He's bald. Like crosses between a worm and a blob or something. Yeah, and at the end of the movie, you see that the the, the sunglasses are there for no reason really, because he takes them off. Because, and you see that his eyes are so, are sewn shut. Well, they have a lot of sadomasochistic gear. They're all wearing leather, and they have things like knives and sticks and chains and other gross things around them. And then you have the the female Cinnabite, which I think we're going to call throatless, because yeah. the one thing you notice is the fact is that she has no... Her throat is open like she has a trach, but yeah. there's nothing there. There's no voice box. That was a woman? That was a woman. Oh, geez. And she's bald, and she has a... Uh, well, uh, spikes going through her mouth, holding. It's it's really gross. But she's talking in a weird voice, like she, like she talks like this. But she's. See, that's what threw me. I thought it was a dude. Yeah, no, it was a woman. It was a woman. And then you have the leader of the Cenobites, who we'll call because of the fact that he's known throughout all cinema as him. Pinhead. Yes. He is very regal looking, very... Like, he looks almost kingly, his, his presence. Because he's not yeah. sinister, he's not like Freddy Krueger, like, I'm gonna slash you! Or like Michael Myers, where he's not gonna talk and kill you. He talks very eloquently, he talks... Yeah. Like, that's the thing, is he talks very well-mannered and very... Not debonair, but... Well, I mean, he's got all that acupuncture stuff going on in his head, so... <laughs> yes, the, the grid on his head, which yes. is just disturbing. So he's all relaxed. Uh, who knows? But he's he's the leader and he's the one who just you don't fuck with. And he's the one who tells them, Yeah, you open the box, we're here for you. You're coming with us or else you're gonna die slow and well, we're gonna take you either way. And from there Kirsty says, Look, Frank escaped, I'll lead you to him and they say, no one escapes us. Frank escaped. Seriously, I'll show you. He's like, well, fine. He has to admit with his own mouth that he escaped, and then maybe, maybe we'll let you go. And though, and from there it gets all crazy and creepy. And we don't want to spoil everything about the movie because the <laughs> ending is very <laughs> grotesque and not grotesque and gory and just yeah, everything is. Um... It's the perfect horror movie. Yeah, and the thing was that they weren't... Um, overall, the movie is a really... It's an interesting movie. It's very different, because most movies, the villain, the horror, the monster, is the villain. And in this, really, the villain was Frank and Julia. Yeah. They were the villains, and the Cenobites really were just kind of enforcers who were just there to pick them up for hell. And Kirsty just kind of got stuck in the middle. Christy was sort of like the heroine. She was the, the innocent. Yeah. Yeah, she was an innocent. And she's the protagonist in two other, other 
two other of the films. Because there's nine movies in the in the series. Plus the one they want to remake. They want to remake this movie. I can't see it, though. They remade it now. No. I mean, no. There are just there's some movies that shouldn't be touched. I mean, you know how I feel about the Halloween remakes. And yeah. Well, they don't, but yeah. But it's, a, it's a, The movie was just very... And from the original story... There's a lot of differences. Like, for example, there was no Kirsty in the original story. It was Larry and... No, no, it was Rory and Frank. They're the brothers. And then there was the girl who worked with Rory, who was in love with him, who found the box. Instead of a daughter. It was just the girlfriend. The, the one who was in love with him. The unrequited love. Like, he's married to that bitch. And I, I, just, I'm just, I just love him for who he is. And I can't be with him, so no problem. At the end, she wonders if there's other boxes which will lead to heaven, and that's where Rory will be. Mm, this is in the book. In the original book, it's a short story. It's not like that big. It's not that big. You can buy it at uh, Barnes Nobles, Borders, Amazon. It's like nine dollars. That's not bad. It's really creepy though. And well, so now usually we talk about the design of the film, which we've been going over the design of the film. And we've been going over a lot of the characters and the acting, and I think we should just take a moment and talk about the what some people say is the real star of the film, and I, I'm thinking that that might be the case, and that is the lament configuration, because it is a character almost. What's the thing that ties everything together? Yeah, because it seems like almost like it has a will of its own, because the doctor picked it up, the nurse picked it up, nothing. Frank picks it up. He open it up. Christy picks it up. He. Well, she was lured in by music. It did start playing music. I don't think for Frank it was playing any music. Well, it's, yeah. It's almost as if he seemed to know what it what it would do. And yeah. But you didn't hear any music. That, I was a little surprised to hear music when Christy was looking at it, and then she, again, she didn't seem to be quite entirely there. She seemed to be like some sort of power overcame her, and she's listening to this music, and you just see her eyes. It's like. She's so fixated and drawn in. So it's like the box maybe tempts you. Yeah. It picks if you if you're able to 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 open it and it'll tempt you and kinda of draw you in to know what you know, like yeah. with Frank, he knew he's looking for pleasures and it said, Okay, I don't need to use any of my little traps, I'm just like an angler fish, you know you have the light on mm-hmm. and that leads you this thing just like, Okay, Frank, don't even need the angler fish. For for Christy, the little girl, a young girl you need the music, and you gotta make it kind of cute looking, and and because it, it's a very innocent design, and it's a horrific thing. Yeah. Well, what I thought was interesting is, um, like the box that opens up the uh, that whole the the whole you know the hell mm-hmm. and everything, but it you also need the box to close it. Yeah, because the door opens both ways; mm-hmm. it swings both ways. You can open it and close it, and you have to clo- use the box to close it. And apparently it's indestructible because me <laughs> gets it back at the end. And one thing was, which is a little bit of a spoiler for the next film, when we get to Hellraiser 2, which is Hellbound, the fact is that there are multiple Merchant boxes. There are multiple. There isn't just one, there's like several that were made afterwards that were copies that they all do the same thing. And they're very... Interesting. Also, the mythology behind the characters, too. Like, the next one you learn more about what the Cenobites are and all of that other interesting jazz. We won't get into that. Mm. Music was really cool in this movie. Very it fit. It was very creepy and just kind of... Sinister? Yeah, sinister. Especially with the, the, the bells. Just those... Not the tubular bells, but it's like the gong... Gung, yeah. heralding just them coming and just sudden shiver down your spine. And also just, it's very, not nightmarish, but creepy. It was very jump out of your seat, man. Like, you cringe when you know something's coming. And, and yeah, I, I mean, I haven't seen the trailer. I was just kind of laughing at it. And I'm like, oh, this isn't going to be scary. <laughs> but then there were couple times I'm like, oh god. Like, like, no. What, <laughs> what you said about the fingers and <laughs> yeah, was it wasn't really necessary for the demon to put his fingers in the mouth. <laughs> was it? 
well, he's a chitterer. I don't know. Maybe he, maybe he's like, you have lips. I can feel your lips because my lips are gone. You don't know. There's some little things here and there which are kind of like jump out of your seat like the spring-loaded cat. It's just a jump out and rah! That were like red herrings at times, but it was still very fucked up. A statue of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, literally. <laughs> yeah. Uh. And also, um, we forgot to mention that huge, like, S and M sadism, sadism, masochism, like that whole sexual thing that was going on throughout. Uh, well, I'd say every every one of the Hellraiser movies. Um, what do you mean? Like, like the whole pleasure pain thing, and it's all sexual and. You have to have one and the other at the same time. Yeah, very true, very true. It brings that whole sex and pain thing, which because all of them are wearing leather and they're all kind of well, not kinky, but they're what the and what the hell? It's some of it's just kind of like because they say we're demons to some and angels to others. I mean, there's I know some people like pain and pleasure. I mean. Just look up online. You see people with pins and things which aren't supposed to be there. People put VCRs. I mean, look up at one man, one jar. I mean, that itself is disgusting. But the guy got off on it. But it's just, it's, there's a line to cross. And these things are way fucking beyond it. Way beyond it. It's just too... But I, we can assume they're from hell, but they're, they're, oh, who knows? We don't know what they are. Now, before we get into our ratings of the movie, now this is a little bit of a spoiler for... Well, Belchan's going to just... I have a question for Belchan to bring up. Did you expect Chitterer's real form to be that? Well... Actually, yeah. It's, um, they, could they could be any form. True, like, true. The human form could be anything, so I was kind of... Ex I, well, originally, no, I wasn't expecting that, but once I saw like it could be anyone and they could turn into... The literally any kind of demon possible, mm -hmm. then I started, I was like, oh, okay. Because it seems like that's what their, whatever their sin was, that's what type of Cenobite they become. Mm -hmm. Like, Throatless was a... And you could, I don't get what the throat was for, but more Pinhead, I don't get that either, because he was a... Yeah. That's pretty harsh. You're completely lost, aren't you, Hope? A little bit. Yes, well, we'll review the second Did one. Did we see human forms? Not in this one. In the second one. You see, oh, you see, the, okay. the truth is revealed over time, and it explains more about the Cenobite's history a little bit. There was one Cenobite who was in the book who was never revealed, the engineer, who was like the leader of them all, who was like, he's the one that shows up if you've really been a bad, bad boy. Like, at the end of the thing, Kirsty's like, they're chasing, not Kirsty, but whatever the hell the girl's name is in the book, they're chasing her, and immediately you hear in the background a loud voice say, I'm coming, and you hear just the, the, the lead Cenobite, who is Pinhead, says, in the book says, the engineer's coming. Mm. And she got to close the thing, and she closes it in blarg. Anyway, so I, we should get on with the, the part a lot of us have been waiting for, which is the rating. Now, most shows have a rating of one to five stars, things like that, because it's interesting. We do something a little bit different. We have phrases for what our ratings are. Now, our lowest rating is going to be protests outside your local red box in hopes that no one rents this reprehensible piece of shit. That means the movie is so shitty, so horrible, so reprehensibly crappy, that no one should watch it ever. Our next one is worth having on in the background while you surf the internet for porn. Enough said. It's worth just kind of, you have it on the TV and you do something else. It doesn't have to be porn. You could be playing a video game, you could be reading a book, you could be snorting coke. We don't know. You know, you take a, you know, I mean, no, I mean, like, you have a cup of Coca-Cola, and you put your straw in it, and you put it, you know, you sniff it in your nose. <laughs> what? You think I'm talking about something else? <laughs> then our third rating, our middle-of-the-ground rating, is it's going to be go to your local theater or DVD store and just watch it once. You just watch it once on cable TV, on a DVD, or in the theaters once. Then our almost awesome rating is going to be just borrow from a friend and don't return unless offered popcorn. Then our top rating, our number one rating, our best, this is the best thing you have to watch now, is really, really, really fucking cool. If you do not Watch this film now, your brain will freeze, your eyes will swell up, and your soul will be forfeit to the Cenobites, where you'll be forced to watch Star Wars Episode One for all eternity while hearing Charger in the background say, Misa love you! Misa love you! Misa love you! So, what do you guys want to give Hellraiser by Clive Barker? 
I would say definitely borrow it from a friend. Try to rent it. You know, don't 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 watch it on cable. It's probably going to be edited and it's going to take away a lot. And you're just going to have some sort of distilled version of what is actually a really really good film, even today with today's standards. Mm -hmm. I'd say for a horror movie, um, this is one of this is a really good one um, because. I think it's better than like the ones that are made now. I, I like the what the older horror movies, like the saws and the and the, uh, yeah. uh, the final destinations and yeah. So I think this is a pretty good horror movie, and I would give it a pretty F really, really, really. Yeah. <laughs> You'd give it the highest rating. Yeah, I mean for a horror movie, I'm talking about like genre. Yeah, type. I would say, yeah, I would give this a really, really, really fucking cool because of the fact it holds up so well. It came out in, as we said, 23 years ago, 87, and it still looks good. I mean, yes, there are some little things here and there. Like, there's a scene where Kirsty, when she first opens the box, her wall opens up, and there's a corridor, and then suddenly a demon comes up and it's chasing her. And if you look, you see the demon, you're focusing on the demon, but if you look in the corners, on the sides of it, you see the thing pushing it, and you see the guys running with it. So it's kind of like, they could edit that out. But it's a little thing. The rest of the movie looks really good. It looks very organic. The practical special effects look awesome in it. Especially when Frank forms and just the way Frank is designed. He's the star of the show with the special effects. But the mm. movie itself is pretty well done. It's a little bit sacrilegious. But that's most horror films or horror movies like this where they have demonic origins are sacrilegious. But it's pretty, well, intriguing. Interesting, wonderful, no, not wonderful, sinister. No, you put it. You basically said it all. I think. Yeah, yeah I think I did. It's sinister. It's you know, it's, it's gory. It, it, it's basically everything you'd want in a horror film. Yes, and would you want to watch again next Halloween? Hellraiser. Okay. Cool. <laughs> um, intriguing. I'd say. No, do you put this in your rotation for your oh. Halloween movies? Yeah, I saw it last year. That was the first time I saw it, and then yeah, later. This <laughs> is good for rotation for Halloween movies, I would say definitely. And just to let you know, for you youngins under the age of, well, this is a kind of hard movie to movie for younger kids to watch. I mean, I know nowadays you have things like Grand Theft Auto and Gears of War and things like that, and you may be desensitized from this. It's still a very gruesome movie, and the fact is a lot of parents might not rent this. Some people might. I don't know. Because unlike with films like Nightmare on Elm Street, like the remake, this is a lot more gory and a little more, well, sexual. So you might not get your parents to rent this until you a little bit later. Well, if you have to watch it edited, watch it edited. But still worthwhile movie. It's not that expensive. I think we got the 20th anniversary for, well, what was it? Five dollars. Five dollars? And if you want the really awesome Lament configuration set, that's... $30. And it's shaped like the actual Lament configuration, and theoretically, if you open it up correctly, well, we won't hear from you again. <laughs> also, one last thing, this is a little geeky of me, but if you read fan fiction, there's a lot of really cool crossovers with this. Oh, boy. A lot, there's one with Hellblazer, there's one with Harry Potter, there's one with Sailor Moon, there's one with House, there's one with Buffy the Vampire Slayer, there's hundreds of them. Very cool series, very interesting concept for it. I definitely recommend the book also, Hellbound Heart, like I said, buy it in any bookstore. Uh, that was a good review, I think. Yeah, went very well. Oh, no, we did that at the end, remember? Oh. We'll get to that in a moment. Yes, uh, so as usual, you can check us out at... www.spyrokin.com Yep, and you can email us at our various websites. You can also check out our forum, spyrokin.rapboards.com. We're also on Twitter under Spyrokin. All this information and crap is on our show notes. And also some interesting rants and ravings and other things, including the fact that someone wanted us to talk about F My Life this week, but we're not going to do that, because it's a bad website. You don't like F My Life? I like F My Life. I used to read it at lunch uh, before I got laid off. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we all have gotten laid off at one Do not worry. No. So it, it happens. And hey, if you want, we can make a, we can make, we can fashion an actual lament configuration and send it to... to <laughs> I open this, Oh, no. <laughs> no, we... Now we mention names. I'll bleep it out. Okay. <laughs> or, you, or we could send it to... <laughs> nah, it wouldn't work for him. He's too... Uh, he, I can't get embroiled in that 
kind of playing both sides now here, kind of. <laughs> well, bleeping out names. Anyway, so let's get to the part we've all been waiting for. That one thing which makes the show interesting and different than a lot of other shows, except for the Aspire Kid Manga Review. And what am I talking about? I'm talking about that one. That only... Dodecahedron of Movies. Yes, the Dodecahedron of Movies. Now, what is a Dodecahedron? Yes, it's a 12-sided shape. There are 12 sides. And this is how we determine what we're going to be doing in the next episode of the Spire Can Movie Review. Because other websites say, I'm going to just watch whatever the hell I want. And I'm going to just review it and you'll like it. Well, we don't roll that way. <laughs> yes, that's it exactly. We don't roll that way. What we do is we have randomly selected nine, count them, nine movies. And we're going to put them on the dodecahedron of movies. And we're going to roll it and see what's going to come out on the dice. So, we're going to roll nine on this 12-sided dice. What about the other three? Other three? Oh, yeah, there's three other sides. So, what are we going to do with that? Well, so what we've done is we've actually, unlike with our Wheel of Manga, which has ten slots, we only have ten, vo- ten things on it, what we've done is we've assigned three very special sides to this. Now, the first side is going to be, well, host choice. And the host is myself, so I get to choose what we're going to be doing in the next episode. That is slated at number ten. Number eleven is going to be... Roll again. Mm-hmm. And then there's going to be number 12, which is co-host choice. But since there's two co-hosts, we're going to have to figure out an interesting way to decide this. So we've decided to use the one, the only, the coin of deciding. <laughs> so assume me, I could come up with something else. It's, it's, oh, yeah, it's a good enough name. It's a, it, what? <laughs> Fine. If you can come up with a better name than the coin of deciding, email me, spirekin.gmail.com, or call at 206 426 Oh shit, it's 206-350-8462. I almost used the original phone number, which we had lost recently. So, anyway, so... Let's roll and see what we're going to be reviewing in the next episode of the Spyrokin Movie Review. In our third week of... Well, the Month of Horror. We have to do, we're going to do more Months of Horror, don't worry. Yama, 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 yama. Yama, yama. What? Alright. Hmm... Number 11, roll again. <laughs> Damn. Couldn't read it for a second. Okay, which one wants to roll? Okay, fine. Fine, you roll. Well, I'm dropping it, goes into a corner somewhere. Okay. The Cinco. Number 5, which is going to be. Ooh. Ooh, interesting. Movie with Steve Martin in it. That's a horror movie. Plays a dentist. Yes, he plays a dentist. And I'm gonna just introduce the song right here. Yes, we're gonna be doing Rick Moranis' first horror movie musical with that really annoying lady who played Siler's wife, a mother in Heroes. Yes, we're talking about well Little Shop of Horrors, Little Shop Little Shop of Terrors, whoa, uh, 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 uh. So, that's cool. Episode 15, we're going to be doing Little Shop of Horror. That's pretty cool. That's going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait for that. That's a cool, that's a great movie. I like it. We'll see. And who's on the list for that episode? Yes, actually, the thing is, this is, I'm revealing something right now. We actually have a list of how we decide who's going to be reviewing the next episode. What I've done is, over time, I've compiled the list of the films we're going to be reviewing, and I've compiled a list of my different co-hosts. Now, there are a grand total of 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. 16 different co-hosts on the show. We've only revealed 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 7 co-hosts. That means there are 9 left. We reveal them all over time. I don't know, but we will see. And let's see who's on Little Shop of Horror duty. Um, Little Shop of Horror? Okay, he is no longer co-host, so actually there's only 15. He's no longer co-host. The other one is, well, ah. He really chose that one? Uh, yep. Supposedly Cal is supposed to be back, but Cal has been kind of missing for the last couple of weeks. So, well, we'll see. Maybe, since you have some free time, maybe we'll do Little Shop we will see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, I gotta see, because... Then, uh-huh. So, either way, I think that's it for this episode. You think? Yeah. 
Yeah, it's been a pretty long episode. We've been going on for about an hour. And we haven't even put any filler in. Can you believe that, Belle? Wow, we did good, huh? Yeah, we did really good, <laughs> but no filler. We always do filler or something. But we shall see. We'll see what we're going to be doing for the next episode. I mean, so much. It should be fun. We might do something. Um, so, yeah, as usual, you check out our website, www.aspirekin.com. Send us emails, send us comments. We have pictures up. Yes, of all of our different ghosts who have been revealed so far. But, of course, most of the pictures have been covered by the Laughing Man, so you can't see their real face. Because you have to actually find us at a convention and see if you can identify us with our various different things. Like my special hat. Either way, I think that's it. I think we're done. Stick a, stick a fork in it. This, or stick a pin in this. This episode is done. So. This is Belle Chan, and my favorite quote is... Can't. No, no, no. This is Hope, and my favorite quote is... Come to Daddy. And this is your host, Zahn. Thank you for listening to the Spark and Movie Review. And my favorite quote from Hellraiser was... What's your pleasure, sir? See you next time.
so eager to play, so reluctant to admit it. Perhaps you're teasing us. Are you teasing us? <laughs>